Welcome to episode 163 of Tactical Crouch. Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel. It's only been a couple days, guys, but uh, we're back and we're talking about Overwatch again. You can't get rid of us. I like how Sunday was supposed to be a short show and it ended up going <laughs> two hours. It's like, let's just do a short show, <laughs> yeah. get the announcements out recap. of the way so that we can focus on competitive stuff on Wednesday. And that uh, didn't quite happen, so if you want a kind of a more broad reaction and then a verbose argument about uh, the future of competitive Overwatch esports, uh, you should definitely tune into that one, but uh, it may make you feel emotions that you were maybe not prepared to feel. Uh, you know, think twice before you get onto that keyboard. <laughs> and onto that keyboard and, you know, send some very emotionally charged messages because you might end up regretting it. But, you know, it's your life. Do whatever you want to do. Have fun. Uh, yeah. Golden uh, rule, baby. <laughs> uh, big thank you to everybody hanging out today, especially our patron producers. Refine Bean, Ferdino, Battle Crab, Picasso, Lulshin, Rex Zane, Sir Gerthalot, Porkchop, Sammy, Kasha67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R34444, Bronzebot, Boohow, and MFG. Thanks so much uh, for supporting the show. We love you all. If you want to support the show, a great, amazing way to do that is to go to patreon.com. People ask us all the time, like, hey, what's the best way to support the show? Uh, besides, like, just listening or tuning in or anything like that, um, what's the best way to support it financially? Just, like, which ones do you get the most, quote-unquote, money from? Uh, if you go through Patreon, you about 85%, almost 90% of your money goes directly to the creators. Uh, through Twitch, it's about 50-50, but you get a free Prime sub, which is also amazing. And plus, it's Twitch, and you get the emotes and all that cool stuff. Um, and so those are the two best ways uh, to, to support if you're interested at all financially. We do also have a donation link down below. Just make sure you let us know that it's for, for Tactical Crouch and not for like the stream or one of my other audio projects that I'm doing. Uh, but... We just care about you being here, and we appreciate you a ton, and thanks so much for supporting the show. For all of you who have listened to us for 163 whole episodes, y'all are amazing, and uh, follow us on tactical underscore crouch on Twitter as well if you want to know when shows are going live and get show updates, and discord.me slash out is where the community is hanging out. Um, Yeah, uh, by the way, I don't normally break out of the show for this, but Quiznos Bear, thank you so much for the five gifted subs. That's huge. Pog, woo! Yeah, it's a lot to make up for. Business Bear showed his tier list and had Paris and uh, unironically in S tier. See, now, were you a good Bayesian and you, did you look at the explanation and the criteria or did you immediately just toss him out with the bathwater? I, th I think the criteria were the trajectory of the organizations without looking at the players because Christmas Bird didn't really know who was on the teams. Ah, okay. okay. So this Which was more a, like a an tier excellent, list of... Excellent way to come up with a tier list. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting tier list for sure, but... You know, like... like he's, Do you know Unbreakable? Where like the one guy's totally like 
destroyed and the other guy therefore has never had to yeah, yeah. have any illnesses like christmas bear and i am like that because i've thought about like every season i write articles leading up to my power rankings Probably about 50,000 words outlining like what parameters I will be using, elaborating on like travel distances and whatnot in order to uh, get them in, like strength of schedule stuff. Like overall, the power ranks probably amount to like 60,000 words in, in total. And this man just takes a tier list and slots them in like... This, yeah, this is basically situation. To be fair, that's what broken. I do every every season, and I'm right up there with you guys. So that's true. <laughs> you you kill it. I'm about to pour this rum into this mix here. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it's just water. Gross. He poured it's something into it before the show. I don't know what that was, but there's some, there's something in there. Soda stream stuff. Oh, mm. what is it like syrup? Yeah. Ah. Uh, Fair enough. But without calories. My observer Just tier list is Willow number one. Willow's Willow. definitely number one. Willow as much one. as they ignored me. Willow number one. Uh, all right. Anyways, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Today, we're going to be focusing more on the competitive stuff that we got from BlizzCon line, as well as just kind of some of the Overwatch League news that trickled on and around BlizzCon line, but maybe necessarily wasn't a part of that. Um, but again, if you want to hear some pretty interesting arguments, go listen to Sunday's show, uh, as well. First, let's talk about, uh, the game competitively, uh, that's not necessarily Overwatch League related. And I think we might've touched on this briefly, um, but we're going to touch on it again today is, uh, 2CP will not be an Overwatch 2 competitive play. It's a very interesting implication because Thoughts. we were getting push. See, this, this is something that I feel like is kind of a Mandela effect, and I want to know, like, if I'm the only crazy one. Yes. I remember, or at least I think I remember, that Al had said that Push was coming, like, late last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. So I don't know. Like, obviously, we're still getting Push at some point, obviously, probably with Overwatch 2. Um, we were also under the assumption at that point that we are going to have five game modes, which makes up, you know, a perfect number of game types to be able to have a best of five without a repeating game type. The removal of 2CP from competitive kind of signals that they're either okay with having four game types or there's an additional game type in the works to did, kind of filter out to five. Joe, what, what did you say about push again? Did you say push is only Overwatch 2? Right. I... The, the Mandela effect was there that that whole kind of comment was I at least I thought I remembered last year we were supposed to get it towards the end of 2020. I don't know if I'm the only one remembering that or if that was an actual thing and we just all forgot about it. I thought it was always just an overwatch. I think I think the issue or the confusion came when they kind of talked about the fusing together of overwatch one and overwatch two type like it's all going to mm. be everybody and so push. Right. I don't think okay. That they so gave that, a, a date. I just think it was, was one of those things where it was, um, yeah, it was one of those things where we figured that it was just going to come as a competitive update, and I think we were right. eyeing the end of 2020 for Overwatch 2 release. <laughs> okay. But boy, were we wrong. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah the the other the other point still kind of stands though. Like, I they're they're saying two kind of very different things here. Either 
well, I guess three different things. Either the competitive ladder play won't exactly mirror Overwatch League play, which feels very not like Blizzard or or not like the Overwatch League brass. Um, or there's another develop or there's another game type in development to fill the the place of two CP so that we have five. Or they're okay with four game types and having one repeating. That's that's kind of my takeaway from this. I'm kind of cool with not playing two CP every blue moon that you know somebody forces me to install at gunpoint Overwatch and and we have a decent time for about an hour and then I remember why this game's infuriating because it's usually a two CP map that we just get blockaded on and it's just not very fun. So definitely a, a an upwards trajectory tick for me playing the game again. So I'm selfishly happy about it. Yiska, you said, and I can't remember if this was on the show or privately, but I'm going to call you out regardless. <laughs> it was on the um, show. You said that two CP to you is better than control. Yes. You stand by that. Yeah. Do you think that because it should be? It's that it's still even. So let me see if I can phrase this the right way. So I, I'm I'm not here to argue about if two CP is better than um, control. Uh, I, Control is the only game type that cannot be tied, technically, correct? You can't have a draw on? Right. You can technically have a have draws on both can, payload yeah. styles, even though it's really unlikely. It's pretty obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is technically possible. Uh, but 2CP is not, or sorry, uh, Control is not. Uh, 2CP is the one that we saw the most draws on. Um, do you think that even though maybe two CP is a better game type to play or to watch or whatever, do you think that because of that factor of how many draws we had removing it from competitive is still a, an okay decision or. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I th the way I understand push, it's also not able to be drawn. Correct. No, you can't draw it. So I think, I think, it is a definitive game ender. I think you can draw it if you, you literally fight on yeah. the push center it's another point one of those, like, payload. the entire time, and yeah. it never moves. You'd have to collude to basically get it. So I mean, that's impossible. also true. Yeah, it's also true for control that theoretically both teams could never tap the and middle. And then you hit like a 10 minute mark and then they Yeah, and then the you draw sure. as soon as pe uh, players die of lack of sustenance. <laughs> but um i think like in in that regard we're covered on our penalties even if we so okay what i mean by penalties is mm -hmm. um you know in in football or soccer you yeah. need to have some sort of shootout uh, after yeah. long games like if, mm -hmm. after basically two hours like nobody can be expected to really play football they tried that before at like hour-long matches Jeez. so it was it was a better idea to just like do uh, penalties, even though they're super random and luck based, um, because they can't be drawn, even though it can take very long, <laughs> admittedly, right? But I think, widow of course, as the new shooter, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, like you need something to draw, uh, to untie to the break draw. draws, yeah. And I felt probabilistically. Escort does already a pretty fine job at that, and then if we have push as well, I don't think we necessarily need it for that. I think mm. people legitimately, uh, I think pro players like it quite a lot, 
Um, and I think also people like it generally more. I don't understand why. I understand it maybe from a player's standpoint more than from a viewer's standpoint because it's super basic. It feels like, yeah, you have tons of angles you can attack from, but it's really no moving points or interesting uh, map ge geometry that changes in those situations. Um, and that variates with all states to that degree. I, um, I think 2CP generally has pretty sweet strategies as well over the mm -hmm. years and Very has much. also developed. Like if you think about the greatest over moments in Overwatch, quite a few 2CP um, maps pop up. For instance, like the, the uh, Prophet, Hanzo, Prophet, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, Tracer thing Volskaya, on Volskaya. There's so also it's, a few it's, that are pretty obnoxious, though, you know, like... True, yeah. I mean, and it's also obnoxious to play, of course. Yeah. Um, so, like, the staggering is not the most fun part of Overwatch. But, I mean, there's there's plenty of ways to get around this, right? Mm. Problem being, like, if you make it too, uh, too weak, then you're just endlessly flipping around and you're yep. just stuck in spawn screens for 30 seconds while everyone chooses their sides and whatnot. It's also not fun. So I see the flaws. I just like it more strategically than uh, control. Mm. And because control, yes, as, as I said, like it, it feels like there's a dumb dumbing down of complexity and like also the excitement of the objective, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's you know, fair. like in sports, we have like a lot of ball objectives that focus mm. the narration. I think the payload is probably the best thing that uh, focuses on narration and some, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, for for um, control, it is actually never about the point. It is always only ever about the bar at the top that has nothing to do with a physical universe, mm -hmm. um, like the overtime bar, of course. Yeah. Or the charge bar, which isn't physically represented of that. So it doesn't tell that obvious of a story either, I feel. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not feeling terribly about this, but I think, at least from an eSports viewing perspective, I think we lost the better game mode there. So I kind of want to fight you on the strategical point, especially like these days. Mm -hmm. Um it feels like there are there's there's on every control map type or or at least map um there's always like at least one sub map that has like a weird like like you think of uh Lijiang control center like it's always like these brine like Ryan brawly comps that you know would even overtake like the dive meta game like there's always mm -hmm. that like big compositional switch that you have to kind of not not only uh account for but also like tie into the narrative and you kind of already kind of at least last season it felt like we were already trying to like account for that it's like oh well if they start here then maybe they can take the momentum and roll it over like it was definitely something that is becoming more and more apparent and kind of always was um but there are obviously metagames that kind of abused it a little bit more than others um so strategically i feel like at least these days it's still pretty diverse but yeah the 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 narrative element of having a ball is is definitely something that control really doesn't do but in that way it's simple but it's kind of nice that it's simple like it's kind of just like straightforward it's not very exciting just like inherently but 
it's it's straightforward enough that like people really kind of understand it you don't really need to kind of know much if anything um and i and i really kind of enjoy the thought experiment that sure had posted again years ago or what feels like years ago um of making overwatch completely control and and that's the only game mode we'd play and i think that that would really get at the heart of what overwatch kind of is it is that 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 kind of fiddles down all of these like geometric you know problems and attack paths and it's just like head-to-head kind of an aram style like just team fight game mode and it's it's simple but in a way it's kind of elegant but yeah yeah Uh, i I mean it's I think it's also increasingly so the case. I don't know why. For instance, I I like I think Hanamura might be my top three most favorite maps. Um, the two CP and, maps are just kind of iconic in general. Aren't yeah, they? they really are. Like, Anubis is is iconic. I don't, I hate playing it. Volsky is another one that again is I don't think is a very good map, but yeah, yeah, is yeah. I don't yeah, know, I don't know like kind of like a staple. It mm. also felt like. The tone with which Jeff addressed that was weird to me. It was almost like, yeah, Mm. I felt like that was a little bit too, too much like, I don't know, disdain, I I can't find the word, but like, there was a certain energy about his comments that just felt really like negative on 2CP. Even though I don't think it's really, really clearly the worst game mode, um, even for the general player base, I'm not sure if it it was warranted to. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. So it's, that'd be an interesting poll. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't find myself necessarily missing it. Like I feel like it'd be very weird if they're like, "Oh yeah, payload's gone" or something like that. But I don't know, I also, 2CP has, I, I feel like, been pretty uh, polarized. I'll take the Horizon and Paris bullet bite and just like, oh yeah, never see Dude, you again. I, I'm happy. That yeah. I mean, those were pretty, okay. pretty bad. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, under that light. I mean, those are pretty egregious, to be fair. Well, like, I there's I definitely feel enlightened some... towards the, <laughs> to the, what's the hatred because Jesus Christ, those atrocious. But <laughs> those are just bad maps. I don't think the game mode was inherently flawed i think and that's another thing too is i kind of hope that they legacyify it if that makes any sense um and maybe they can retool it bring it back as like five cp so it's kind of like push but you know it, it'll be a kind of a a community callback to a lot of the tft guys coming out and being like look like this worked here why don't we just try this here and and retooling the maps so that we can still have those legacy maps and a working game mode that kind of fits them so We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I want to because we kind of like I kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm. Do you guys have the muse for a side tangent here? I think sure. like I, I talked about this with people um, a little bit, and I feel like very often, to me, if I really want to know who's most likely to win a team fight, I'm playing um, spreadsheet the esports very often okay if i want to find out who wins a map or whatever so what are you looking at in order to figure out who's up who's ahead who's um who's in in the driving seat of that Uh particular fight or the match 
you are looking at the top 15% horizontally on your screen, yeah. which is yeah. only the UI. You're yeah. looking at uh, the characters which are being picked. You're looking mm -hmm. at the HP numbers that they have. You're looking at their old states. You're looking at possibly the score. You're looking at um, who's dead or alive on those. Sure. You might also, I mean, I still think there's no better information and there will never be better information unless we literally record and then puzzle things together in, together in, with like a five minute delay or whatever. There will never be a better way to know what's going on than looking at the kill feed. Yeah. So to whatever we can do to get away from that and actually allow people to Look at the screen, I, and I, th I think like a lot of people just look at the, the actual match, what's going on, and that's confusing to them. Because oh, yeah, if, I'm, if, if I'm looking at, I don't know, someone on the flank, some tracer that killed some Anna, that might feel very impactful. But if you don't, in your peripheral vision, notice that Everybody's that Tracer's, yeah, Tracer's sure, like, um, like team, current, like three of them died, then you don't know the full story, right? Mm. And I feel like whatever we can do in terms of the game modes in order to facilitate that we're not playing, playing spreadsheets most of the time um, is a good thing. And the numbers game is pretty huge in Overwatch. And if it's in numbers in terms of like how many people are alive. Hmm. And the only, only thing when it, that isn't true is very likely, first and foremost, due to old states. Like you're one down, but you have more ults, therefore you can equalize. So you're, yeah, you have to overcompensate somewhere else. And then maybe a third order tertiary uh, factor mm -hmm. is, then you can look into the game and go, ah, yeah, this, this team has a better positioning, though. I okay. feel like that's the order of operation, how to, if you wanted to understand most accurately who's ahead in, in team fights, which maybe that's the wrong mode of viewing it, but that's generally how already like and and i think like that's that's why like objectives that are corporal in some way um corporal, corporal is that how you say yeah corporal, corporal yeah. yeah um generally win for me in terms of excitement even though we're not as exciting as we could be in that regard but um yeah, I think like if if I get to, for instance, it's super exciting for me to mm -hmm. see like, does this character get to touch the payload right. and send it into overtime, right? Or does someone keep them from being able to touch? Mm -hmm. And that's then an exciting play that you, I won't be able to tell that other than from the overtime bar, but I won't be able to tell the full story there. Or like, I will just say, okay, this ran out, possibly they didn't reach it, right? So... I think whatever we can do uh, in that regard is a good change, and I feel like 2CP doesn't do that well. Hmm. Yeah, I... Do you think your opinion would change if there was something, like, just tangible to represent the point, rather than just, like, these kind of markers? Like, these just big squares? Like, would you rather want, like, a statue? like? I don't know how how to do or how to accommodate the feeling of like intangibility of like the point or the objective other than like 
sticking something there and being like, okay, this is what you're fighting over. Is that kind of like I'm getting at the heart of the argument or is it just a, a poor representation? Sorry, can you? I was just sent, sent something on, on work. Would you, um, would you want um, on these control point maps or on 2CP or on, you know, mm -hmm. hybrid, these instead of representing the point with just a denotation of a square or just like these ghostly markers, would you rather them fight over like an object? Like, do you want do you want us to like stick a statue in there and be like, OK, that's what you're fighting over. Go. Is, is, I mean, it's is it's it really hard, right? Like, it's really hard to make it work in an efficient way because um, the, the game modes are sort of like this. Like, you would almost have to fundamentally change the game mode in order to change that. I, I think you can do something with vision, right? But, like... Vision? No, uh, uh, with, like... Um, Fog of uh, War? No, no, what, what I mean is no, with, like, having visual representations of progress mm -hmm. in the actual yeah, yeah. game. Maybe, maybe over time could be highlighted towards the point in some way, so I wouldn't have to look at the bar instead of um, seeing, like, the point light up or whatever. Like, wh whatever mm -hmm. it is, right? Sure. Um, but, okay. Do please, please be able to decouple what I'm about to say. But it is inherently much easier mm -hmm. to understand what's going on in terms of, like, who's winning and who's scoring in a Lucio ball yeah. game. Mm -hmm. Because there's a ball. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a better game mode. Nope. Decouple this, please. Um... Than uh, than the uh, the game modes we have. It's more about having good visual representations. And if you think about other esports, a Nexus exploding is a pretty good uh, indication. With a life bar going down, yeah. you can look onto the the uh, field to see that. And we do have these game modes, for instance, uh, these moments. As I pointed them out, in not being able to touch the payload and whatnot. That's why they work for me, mm -hmm. right? Um, but like, I think it would have to, I would have to look at how the usual rush works out. Maybe that's a move in the right direction, but if we are, okay, if we assume we're already rethinking the game on a fundamental level, then mm -hmm. I think bringing P giving people ample reason or all the info they could get from the life game instead of the UI to understand what's going on, which is also part, of course, uh, responsibility of the observers, but also inherently not always possible. Sure. If there was to be at least some visual representation of point progress, of um, overtimes, or whatever it is, even though, yes, we have a problem with the visual clutter, it is a really hard problem, and the game modes and their objectives don't help, but it would be nice to not have to uh, focus on spreadsheet Overwatch in order to have the most accurate understanding of who's going on. 100%. Because you will see it so often that people do focus on what is what should actually be the exciting part, which is the gameplay, mm -hmm. and are hyping up like a widow getting a kill while four of his their teammates have already fallen because the uh, the peripheral information hasn't sunk in yet. And oh, so that's having to choose between watching a kill feed and health bars and watching the actual game. It sucks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think and I don't I, know how we fix that, to be honest. I've always been of the, the mind that we're like 
game games and game developers like we really need to stop with like the multi-competitive game modes and just like pick one run with it and let let people really explore the intricacies of that specific game mode makes things very clear there's not this narrative jump back and forth and like what ball are we looking at is there a, even a ball like this is kind of talking about um and i know that's like not happening or not possible with overwatch but it's definitely a soapbox that i'll i'll bang the drum of like if we could just have only like i'd love to see a, a tournament and kind of just go okay we're just gonna play control like best of five double elimination control tournament go see what happens see if people like it i, I think that'd be fun mm-hmm. just just push just payload just like kind of a novelty aspect to it i think that'd be interesting to see uh a viewer response but yeah that's that's kind of my take on cleaning that up i do i do want to talk a little bit about the other thing that we kind of maybe got potentially Mm. teased in in the same vein of the overwatch team being willing to experiment is that you know there's a potential that we might see in overwatch 2 in the future that is only 5v5 instead of 6v6 Um, possible yes yeah. Do you how do you feel about a five v five? I I can, can, can I, I can I give you my <laughs> my asshole theory on this? Okay. Um, they're only doing it so that they can fill out eight more Overwatch League teams. <laughs> you think the the off tanks are all just going to mega flex and become the best teams? <laughs> so that's, yeah, no. That's that's what they're doing. Is they just they want to get the best team. Yeah, because it's really a interesting you attach yourself to... to flex. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, oh, yeah, why yeah. immediately do you go to flex tank? You're right, actually. It would probably be the main tanks. Let's be <laughs> honest. Like, in time eternal in this game, mm-hmm. the least unquote unquote skilled players have always been on the main tank role. If you put them into any other esports, like, nobody's on the tank role has popped in Valorant. Has there anyone that you could as, as a main tank? Main tank, yeah. I'd have to really look. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm no brain. Winston main still works as well as it does in 2015, mm. <laughs> as it does today. And like, I think, um, yeah, it's a. To, okay, let me let me caveat this discussion because, okay. We were sitting in uh, Discord, and Eric kind of pointed out, wait, there's actually not a second tank on screen in these PvE clips, PvE clips, sorry, and there's never more than five. So, like, I came into that discussion a little bit later and said, okay, let's review this. Yeah, it's true. So we wrote something about that on the website, and then, of course, everyone, without giving credit, took that and made that public, right? as a point of speculation. Now, mm. what I hope I communicated in that article is that is very much speculation. And even if they were currently deciding, like feeling like they were going to do that, that doesn't at all mean that that would be in the final game because they repeatedly said everything is still up for change Sure. in that regard. So, but I will say, if you look at the movement of uh, the development in terms of like, first we had the experimental card with ju- was just one tank, three DPS. Then the Kanizaka tournaments, like we we've made that same argument. I'm just making it for yeah. for um for the for the, for the record. 
I think it's probably just as wrong to assume that they don't consider, like, aren't playing around with that idea to some degree. Mm. And by the way, if we're talking about um, good objectives that, like, game objectives that let you watch the actual match instead of the uh, the UI, deathmatch is like the best at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I th- I think um, it's an interesting situation. I also wouldn't be terribly concerned about uh, less players being uh, in there. Like, if that's a change that brings about like way way more visibility and way less clutter, that has beneficial effects towards the entire esports ecosystem mm. that could mean like better tier 2 systems that could mean um, like i mean at best like more uh, expansion teams and whatnot like that's that's a possibility right like, it, yes it's very mega optimistic yeah, after an episode of mega <laughs> pessimism <laughs> but look at I mean, you man you're just balance. like snip snap snip snap <laughs> yeah no but i, I think Overwatch like is it's dead more expansion teams. You're, like I think over the last year, one thing I've been pretty consistent on, mm. even like when Hero Pools went out, and basically we uh, we saw Joe dive into an early mid like crisis, and like buy like uh, I don't know cat T shirts and stuff during that time. <laughs> oh, that was like, I've I've had midlife way before that then. <laughs> no, but um. I think my thing was always like, this formula is still not where it should be. Let's play around with it. We're reasonably close, but we need experimentation. And therefore, mm. like I, I can't categorically be against that. Yeah, it sucks that, again, hypothetically, if we were to move to a 5v5 format, it sucks that just like one person from each team just now is jobless. Um, or, or it's likely that like rosters shrink. Um, as I was looking at this, I had like a weird thought creep into my mind. And again, hear me out. And again, call me stupid if you don't like it. That's fine. Um, we stay 6v6, but we have the flex tank role just become like unroll locked, where you just have one person that can just like transition between two, roles two, if they so chose to. The two, two. Oh my God. So one, it'd be 1 1 2 2. Okay. Kind of interesting. Uh, you're stupid. Yeah. That's fine. I think it'd be kind of cool. Again, I'd love to see a tournament that just goes I, here. Let's do this. I would love it if we just get a big old punch to the gut and Overwatch 2 comes along and there's just not roles anymore. I would just do away with roles completely. Categorizations, maybe. Roles. Uh, so would it... Mm. So, so you, you won't know role locking it. I don't want. Well, I mean, a, I don't like roll lock. I, I think roll lock okay. is not the best and most fun way to play the game, and it's a systematic uh, decision to counterbalance. Um, is this an entire setup for kick tight trap or die? <laughs> Be honest, <laughs> he's playing five man. <laughs> However, it's true that that would be the only thing viable at that point. So it's true. you know. Yeah. That's that's I guess a little short sighted. Shanghai did part. take a page out of but your no, book. No, in a very in a very like serious question, or I guess I'm not going to ask you guys. I'm going to just say flat out. Mm. I think the original formula 
for Overwatch was largely correct, and they approached balancing poorly. I I feel like I want to agree, but then the uh, goats definitely looms over me. And again, I liked goats. I thought it was very interesting. Easily one of the most like in depth um, levels of Overwatch that was out there at the mm-hmm. time, or just has been. Um, but it was obviously polarizing for the community at large to kind of understand or get into. So I again, I, there is a balance there. Um, I still wonder oh, what yeah, it no would more, look like. No more healing characters. Yeah, that's that's where I'm like, okay, is there something fundamentally wrong with the game that we can kind of fix and tinker with so that we can go back to unroll lock? Um, but I do kind of wonder if it would just be tanks and healers and just existing forever and just being boring and and very no like not FPSy. Mercies don't exist. At least yellow beam mercies don't exist. Is it weird to feel like I'd much prefer like bi-monthly tournaments that are roll lock and not roll lock than hero pools and no hero pools? Is that like asinine to say? No comment, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, but that again just kind of like slid into my DMs and my, my mental DMs and it was like, hmm. Interesting thought. Do you have mental DMs? Yeah, dude. I just get thoughts and I'm just I like use se- are you sending yourself dick pics or sometimes sometimes <laughs> do you get links to buy followers for your friend in your mental dms no we block those people mm. you got a good the spam ego filter. and me don't get along good spam filter we... in the mental dms spam filter. yeah I, I i'd like to say i have a pretty good spam filter uh anyways Maybe. so now that we've absolutely tilted chat and youtube chat off of the planet we're just gonna leave that landmine yeah a little bit and i want to talk tell us what you think i, I want to talk about overwatch league uh <laughs> and everyone's gonna have this all like theory crafted out based off of like a two minute drop and run conversation it's gonna oh, be really funny my foot. uh this one's interesting and i, I want to yiska i'm coming for you on this one okay here. and we're gonna switch Uh-oh. over to overwatch league topics a little bit <laughs> And uh, so Activision Blizzard is aiming for a Sunday night football treatment of Overwatch League and COD League Uh, for our friends in Europe. I don't know if you have anything in your sports or not, but we have like uh, primetime sports once a week and they put extra effort into making those matches extra meaningful in some way. So usually they're really good teams, teams were um, performing really well, teams with a lot on the line. Um, stuff like that. So that is uh, in a very high level, simplified version of like what a Sunday night football feeling is. Uh, so you focus on creating those primetime matches to bolster viewership and that you can flex the schedule, uh, to basically make it so that you don't have to with the one hard part is, is you kind of think, uh, something's going to be a really good matchup when you're writing the schedule before mm-hmm. the season starts, and then it ends up sucking during it. In traditional sports, we generally know. I think we're, we're a lot better. Things yep. are a lot less volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always still have surprises, but it's, it's way less volatile than it is. I mean, just look at power rankings every year, right? Yeah. Um, but this is what um, 
Uh, Tony Petitti, <laughs> that's not his name, but I want, I want to call him Tony Petitti so bad. He's the former MLB executive who now leads Activision's Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard Sports and Entertainment Division. Yiska, this is what he has said. And you love traditional uh, sports comparisons. Uh, it's been something we see as critical to putting our best product forward when we know it's hard for people to sometimes watch three matches a day. It's something we've taken from traditional sports. Yiska, thoughts on this uh, implementation? And uh, are you willing to <laughs> say that uh, traditional sports had a good idea? So, okay, here's why I don't believe they're actually doing a good job at it. Okay. So, <clears throat> the, the fact that we now know the entire season structure tells me that they are actually not flexing around as much as they should in order to really see this to th through to the end. Because what you want to do is you look at the matches and then you adjust your expectations based on like how teams play it. Maybe you use Captain Planet's ELO at the time. Mm -hmm. And then the, the week before, like I think it's actually how you guys handle that in American sports is that you flex those games around, right? Based on, like, they haven't six, six day notice? We, so, as far as I've seen, we don't really flex in traditional sports primetime anymore. Someone told me this. Uh, was it Eric? Okay, oh, so Harsha says, pretty sure they can flex matches, even with the schedule already released. NFL does on Sundays. So that is Eric. just a little confusing then. A little bit, a little bit. Like, it's not like anyone's going out to their friends and saying, in August 8th, um, at that time, right? Yeah. like, we can watch some Overwatch together. I don't think anyone's this busy, busy during the format, pandemic. Um, mm. But it's... And it's there's a lot of different rules to it, and it's been used very sparingly. As far as what yeah. I can see here. So maybe that's where the confusion comes from. I mean, if they do do the flexing, right? Then yeah. fair enough. Then forget about it. I think that then it's a little weird that you would actually release uh, schedules and not just like blocks or whatever. Um, and Isn't that semantics at that point, though? Like, what, what would be the difference between a schedule and a block? Like, like these are the teams that could play versus like these are like the yeah that schedule that day yeah yeah I yeah. Guess, yeah 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 um so I'm not sure okay it's, it's not strictly semantic so I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think I can now look into August and see what's up at the first game on Friday right that's correct right Let's take a look. it feels like that's that's the case at the moment right. After oh. Right. Someone says yes. Thank you, Wandering Cloud. Um, so if that's the case, then it is a little bit confusing that we're switching around schedules after the fact. I think if they had just released, like, these matches we're going to see on Sunday, blah, 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 and then they pick the best one of that and switch them around in accordance to that, even though it's never this easy, because you also have to account for European audiences and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. 
So I, I think I want to clarify a few things here. Number number one, most of these flexes, uh, you have more than a week of prep time, um, or more than than a, a matches a match to match length in prep time. For the NFL, it's twelve days, so virtually two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they don't explicitly state a time, I believe, in the article of like how soon that is going to happen. But the idea behind a flex match is to put more competitive teams or more competitive matches together at prime time. Like that's the goal mm. is how do you make the best matches happen when the most people are wanting to watch, watch your eSport? That's, that's the goal. Okay. Um, and so there's, there's lots of different ways to flex. No, and and I think sense. we're kind of, I think we're kind of circling. Um, it's not just one way. It's not rematching people. Sometimes it's moving them. Uh, mm-hmm. Just moving a specific matchup, like you know, we have uh, Toronto um, versus um, Boston, and obviously Toronto is going to be last place. Boston's going to be in first place, and so you don't really—that's uh, <laughs> not really a great primetime matchup anymore. So you go and you find a, a you know, like a, a two seed playing against a three seed, and something that could be. <clears throat> really high octane or something that has big implications for the tournament um coming up and is it, sorry is the, is the time frame known for when the uh the nfl uh, sorry the primetime match is at what time over the day on Sunday? yeah so primetime matches are the same every every uh, thursday sunday night and monday night um and what time is it around about usually around like i want to say like 5 p.m pacific all right but the I mean, time the, is not really necessarily yeah. relevant here because that's a na league they're not saying right. they're going to slot overwatch league matches into na primetime slots they're going to slot overwatch league matches into whatever they feel yes. is the worldwide viewership primetime slot and if viewership is really heavily na you might get a 5 p.m slot for primetime but mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, I think in fact, it's probably much more likely that you don't, um, okay. This is a perfect example of a sports idea that probably will be well adapted towards the idiosyncratic challenges that, or opportunities that we have in our esports. That's all I needed to hear. And, <laughs> and he acknowledged it. And it, I also think like, I'm not per se about bringing in ideas from sports and making them the, our own. Mm-hmm. I'm against taking concepts from sports and saying that's how they should be or are right. in esports. Because they them laws. generally, like the first step should be to reason them from esports principles and see if they then apply, right? Like, again, like things behave very differently at scale. Like, <laughs> valianting someone so to speak, is a very different situation think? when, as in, like, letting someone just... Yeah, like, yeah I know. I'm just like wondering go, if that's just going to be a job. nomenclature these days. Like, is yeah, that just I mean, a verb It now? is now. To yeah. get valianted? Is it valianting? It's not valianting. It's valianting. Uh, we, we, we can, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that. But um, it's very different if I'm making 10 million in a year or if I'm making 50k right. a year, yeah. right? So... Like bringing in moral 
uh, conceptual or idealistic principles over from mm. sports and thinking like they apply to esports. No, they need to be applied to esports. So um, in in ways where they are adjusted to the realities that we're facing. And it takes it takes some behind the scenes knowledge sometimes. That's sadly the fact. And in those cases, I'm I'd like to think I'm not as mad uh, when when fans bring that up. But very often, it's it is an obvious situation where they try to, you know, it's like it's like the child trying to hammer the round thing into the uh, squared shape, and it's like, mm. come on, dude, like it just doesn't fit. And then, or it's I'm, the inverse, and every shape fits in the square shape. Yeah, that never happens in esports, though. Nope. <laughs> if anything, we have like know. some weird three-dimensional, like twisty thing that needs interdimensional. Or our shapes like, continuously change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so before before I say my piece, how do you feel specifically about this, though? Like, not not a meta topic, okay. but like, how do you feel about the idea of Sunday night Overwatch? How how do you like Mister Petitti's idea? Yes, I think it's not that big of a deal. It, it will help a little bit. But it's a good thing. Really? It improves things. Okay, this is interesting. Because yeah. I feel like it's it's a good idea, but it, it it's impossible to execute. To to what John kind of alluded to, and I think maybe maybe I'm reading into too much what you said. Hmm. How many times last season were we like, oh, dude, next week we get this match and this match and this match and this match, and they were all. Uh, no, I know. We can't mean. tell. We can't yeah. tell what's a good match. No, you're right. You're fu- we no, can I'm tell so when right. the viewers show up. No, you're so right. We can oh, tell no. what we're going to play, but we have no f- idea what the good matches are. Okay, here's, here's I, the we have last to time I just Hold on. Okay, okay, John. We have to define what good match means. Exactly. That's fair. So, because good there, match does can, not just mean three close match. You know, you guys know that we had over 50% of the matches were 3-0 blowouts last season, right? Like, sure. Not necessarily yeah. interesting, but there are now implications, which we can, again, that is, like, tangible, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's close, if there's, like, an underlining essence of drama to it, where it's like, okay, both of these teams are on the button. It doesn't matter if the match is necessarily good or bad. There's always that, like, narrative point to go back to, like, oh, well, either these teams have to win this match to qualify, and they did okay, great. But there's like a a, a tie up to it, or it's wrapped up nicely. Yeah, I think not having hero pools change as frequently, or metas f- change as frequently, sure. will help with consistency. Yeah, of agreed. prediction there. But still, I I really don't know that I would tr- like I would I I think I'd be willing to put a large or a decently large sum of money on the fact that like the league is not going to be able to pick out the good match of the week. Most of the time for primetime. I think I would trust them in defining what primetime is for them in their region specifically. Trust that. I think I'd be able to trust that they would be able to find a good match or the best match that they can with the information they have with that essence of drama and those on the button teams and those stories. I think, but, I think the Overwatch League knows if let's just say um, all, all, t- all 20 teams so 10 matches were played at the exact same time and on the same day in 10 different universes. Okay. I think the Overwatch League has good enough information to know which ones are going to bring in 
the highest amount of viewers and which ones are going to be bring in the lowest amount of viewers. Yeah, Regardless I, I would agree outcome, with that. And even honestly, um, and because it's all about uh, stakes and standings. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. And that's all you really need for a base primetime formula. Now, if Overwatch League can, I think, uh, narrow the delta a little bit between um, how teams perform in uh, certain metas and hero pools and certain teams, and we kind of... We don't have teams winning, you know, eighty-five uh, percent of their matches, and teams and losing eighty-five percent of their matches. And instead, yeah. you have a lot more in the 70-30 range. Mm-hmm. Then um, that again becomes less of a thing. Last year is, a, I think, a really weird one to like quote the the three O's on because sure. schedules were weird. The format was weird. Um, the rosters weren't really built for hero pools um, nope. in mind. So there's, I, I think that there's just, there's a lot of asterisks I would want to put there. Completely fair. And I think you should. But I think the fundamental, so, so number one, Overwatch League has, I don't want to say a viewership problem, but they have a viewership concern. Okay. They they have a viewership. Let's let's let me go <laughs> nice, real nice, co- nice dance. Let me go real corporate speak here a second. Yes. And say it has viewership opportunities. Mm. <laughs> uh, there we go. Opportunities. And go. one of those is hyping up certain matches, mm-hmm. and and making those. And I think uh, Petiti here makes <laughs> makes a really good. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're a so 60-year-old and juvenile name. Just name him by his name. What is wrong? It's so Petiti here says that <laughs> oh my it's, God. it's right in the sense that if I don't wanna if I don't want to watch three matches on a day, just period, just in general. Sure. I want to know and I want Overwatch to market to me which match I need to watch that day. Agreed. And that that fits right into the primetime titty model now can i can i just say imagine just imagine yourself right you're like an outsider kid you're like you've been picked up by this by let's say your your aunt's family they really don't like you you're also not really good at school and all that stuff right and then you (laughs) it's totally this in private by the way (laughs) <laughs> and then like you only get to play like half of the days that that other teams are okay i kind of gave, gave away the thing but the other teams are playing so like eric and i put out an article this week looking again at the average amount of games that teams will be playing and just over the regular season the shock are projected to play 27 games while the banquet titans are projected to play 16.3 games right and we haven't even measured the season playoffs which the worst team in the league doesn't have to be the titans i just assume it will be um will be um playing now that means you're already playing half as many matches. They are half, at least half as exciting. And now someone comes on and just says, oh yeah, we're also only playing the most exciting matches in the slots. But so, so can I, can I also maybe, maybe have one 
one match at, on Sunday, like in the prime time? Sure. Toilet bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's sarcastic. <laughs> it's Again, like... when was the last time you got up on your feet and actually like cheered an Overwatch game? I remember like getting hype as f for the toilet bowl. Like that game was exciting. But I like you can tell it was like junk food though. Like, I want the casters. You can all admit it was bad. For the toilet bowl, they need to make all the players dress up like clowns. Okay, that's a little far. <laughs> like, leave these guys some dignity, dude. Like, this is uh, play better. I, I like how ruthless I mean, it is, though. Like, mm. because I think there's basically no way that you're doing this another season if this model stays and you just say, uh, yeah, we're just going to make a budget. Nah, you, you're fighting for your airtime at that point. Like, nobody's even like, like the, the worst team in the league is expected to only play eight weekends out of like possibly like 18 to 20 active uh, weekends of play because like we have um, 16 weekends over the regular season of course we, I'm already excluding the breaks mm -hmm. and then we have maybe two to four weeks of season playoffs so if you're only playing eight of those that's a roughie that's <laughs> really yeah. rough so and but that's also incentive right that's incentive yeah. to improve to, should be to you know uh put out or get out in the, in the sense that you need to either put it. yeah put, it's amazing you need to put together a good team or you're gonna see less um less airtime you're gonna earn less money and that's i don't know like there's there's the solution isn't just to be like all um I don't want a, a socialized schedule here where everybody's the same and all the teams are, they get the same amount of, 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 uh, prime time slots, sure. the same amount of, uh, time slots at this certain time, the same amount mm -hmm. of, uh, even matches. I don't think, yeah, uh, not. I don't think that that's very fun or interesting. And I don't think that professional gamers and entertainers are there to be treated, uh, Equally, they understand the costs and they understand the, the they're they're there to compete. And yep. um, I tell you what, people who are competing at the top point one percent couldn't give a shit about your participation medals. Um, and I think this is an example of one that it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm I'm fine if the worst. I hope the the best teams and the worst teams in the league are closer together, so everyone's. We're yeah. seeing everybody much more equally because we, then we get a much more competitive league and that should be 100%. much more fun to watch. However, um, just because you schedule it that way does not make it so. And Agreed. So let's just not to, watch. Let's just not watch any Defiant games this, this season. There you go. Toronto or Defiant. <laughs> just gotta go. All these Canada teams can't get it right, I guess, in John's mind. <laughs> they, so two, they might two, God. They might actually have the easiest uh, strength yeah. schedule in Toronto, in which is going to be even more funny when they win zero games. <laughs> like you had the easiest, it was on a silver platter for you. No, that will play win plenty. So, two closing kind of thoughts when it comes to the the uh, prime time Overwatch thing. Um, John, you kind of had mentioned that, like, obviously we want. We want to get closer to that 60% competitive. We don't want teams winning 85% of the time. We don't want teams losing 85% uh, of the time. I really hope this isn't weaponized to further some sort of hero pool agenda. And again, call me conspiracy theorist. That's fine. Uh, I really hope that isn't like in the boardroom meetings like, 
well, girl, my team just isn't winning. Can we just make it more volatile, please? Like, I really hope that isn't going to happen so that they can really double down on this primetime model. Again, I don't think it's likely, but wouldn't put it past anybody. And I'm also concerned when it comes to the investment of every other match. I hope that this isn't going to take away from any kind of narrative framing or content or time spent with other matches just to make primetime feel special. I think primetime really needs to go above and beyond. I don't think we can downgrade the rest of the season to make Sundays or whatever day or whatever time slot is picked, make it feel normal. If that Does that make sense? The way that I framed it. Like we can't take a step backwards and then just have the one normal day feel like Overwatch League where everything else like it kind of gets treated as stepchild, stepchildren. Like I think we need to go above and beyond when it comes to primetime. There needs to be more content. There needs to be more in-depth, you know, desk talk. There needs to be more given to primetime to make it feel like primetime and not just like another Overwatch League day. Which is, I think, more difficult than it sounds. Agreed, 100%. And, and I'm definitely not trying to say that you weren't implying that. Um, mm. Like, I, I think you definitely know that that's, that's a tall order. And it's not it's, just it's, something it's, it's a like, tough ask. You just don't throw more money at it. You're like, oh, yeah, no, it's a Zoe cooking stream Sunday right. before prime yeah. time. Like, that's not, I don't think, the, the right long-term um, strategy to it. But I also think that primetime matches, especially if they decide to break up a primetime match, match and there's like a block of time before primetime happens, you've got like mm-hmm. a great opportunity for like a weekly um, post wrap up for the week before you go into that final Framing match of it. the week. Like if you make yep. the primetime match the last match of the week, it's a great opportunity to get people to come in 30 minutes early and do your watch point thing. Sure. Exactly. Um, even that, even that again, like it's not something that's super innovative. They've done it before. Why not do it for these matches? It makes it feel special. You can frame it better. You get people invested and you also get people who haven't necessarily seen the VODs last week or aren't super interested. You can kind of get caught up that way. Again, that isn't like a big investment, but and it already makes it feel special. It makes it feel impactful. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think we can take a step back and make primetime feel normal, if that makes sense. Hopefully, the messaging is right. And we don't know necessarily. Primetime means kind of two different things. Like, it means mm. the actual specific time. <laughs> and it also True. means, like, the like the spirit of the match itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I think we kind of assume that primetime means a certain time of the day, but I don't necessarily think it means specifically a specific day a specific day like it's right. always sundays at five like i think that there's isn't there some swapping of days and stuff going on with the schedule um so i haven't seen you might have a friday prime time and you might have a sunday prime time yeah i would you know, imagine it's there probably maybe needs just to be a little two. bit more of like a match of the week type of thing you know wouldn't there be two though two like one perfect division like let the I mean, Asia again, broadcast like, kind of handle I don't know one. if you need to. Uh, this is the this is the wrong term, and I, I threw it out as a joke earlier. But I don't know if you need to socialize that. If there's not a good game going on the week in Asia, do you have to make a mm. primetime game of the week in Asia? Maybe not. Unless <sighs> the goal, you know, it's unless the goal is that, like, based on the audiences and stuff, you can't hit a primetime right. slot for both. In which case, you probably have an NA timed primetime game in a Asia timed primetime game which mm-hmm. here's the really weird thing 
an NA prime-timed game for Asia time zones because we have more Asian viewers. That is something that could realistically... I don't think it would happen right now, but it's something that could realistically happen in the future, depending on where Overwatch yep. League's fan base is. That's kind of where I leaned to have two, because I know obviously there are more NA investors than they are Asian investors, but there is obviously way more Asian viewership than there are NA viewership. So I think like you kind of want both. And there again, you run the risk of like, can we find and can we like tongue in cheek kind of be able to frame this well enough so that people really care. I don't know that uh, I don't, I, I, ha, I really have to put myself in a situation to go like, do I care about who's going to get fifth or sixth seed? Like, is there competitive implication there? Like, do they get to dodge somebody? Are they put on the opposite side of the bracket? Is that enough to get like the average viewer interested? Is there enough there to really dive into and explain and get people to buy in? I don't know. I, I really that, struggle with that. That also forces you to split your resources. If you want your primetime game to sure. be uh, really high quality and production quality, it's going to be even more difficult to have. What I understand right now is the same production team mm. um, having to do that twice a week now instead of once. Yep. Agreed. Like this is, it, it seems again to revisit like the initial point, like it seems like a great idea, but then when you get into like the nitty gritty, like nuance of it all, like, it's kind of hard to pull off right. Like, again, the execution here is like what matters. And I, I, again, I hope they nail it. I hope they knock it out of the park. I hope it all is very successful. I want this to be successful. I'm just kind of skeptical. They can take Maybe the that's money, cynically so, but they can take the money they took from our prize pool this year. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm slightly not concerned, but. It feels like a good idea, but execution-wise, I think it's going to be tough to pull off. Fair. I think that's going to uh, call it for this one. We um, good discussions, interesting discussions. I think mm. on just kind of what's going, kind of what's going on in Overwatch League. I think we're starting to gas up into power ranking season, though. Soonish, <sighs> yeah, soonish. Uh, so I was thinking to not do the thing where I do it on Christmas <laughs> or leave them there, but actually like do it shortly before the first season, at What's least that? for my written part. Like in, in maybe you? last week of uh, March, first week of April, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, we usually take it four weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. right. So yeah, I think. I think we would probably do it so that our power rankings are out one to two weeks before the first match of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to look into it. I will say then it's likely that my tactical crouch ranking rankings will not be the final ones. Yes, they will. So we'll do three. Everybody only listens to your crouch <laughs> rankings anyway. Jeez. That's the only one that people keep track of. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we'll have time to have full, you know, like acquisition of the scrim bucks yeah. by that time. So it won't be as high quality then. Yeah, uh, unified, I think probably unified power rankings. Um, you know, it's not as scientific, but it's I think more okay, fun. Works, I think it's more fun. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Chat, we are out of here. Uh, big thank you to our patron producers. Refined Bean, Ferdino, Battle Crab, Picasso, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Gerthalant, Porkchop, Sammy, Kasha67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R, 34444, Bronzebot, Boohow, and MFG. If you like the show and want to support, please go to patreon.com slash tacticalcrouch. We've got our um, episodes one through four of The Promised Neverland. Yes, uh, which I still to, need to watch. I, I do too, that we're going to be watching. <laughs> and then we're going to watch episode five together in Discord, discord.me slash Yiska out. Any supporter on any platform um, is, uh, is welcome to join. And okay. I honestly, I think everybody is welcome to join yeah. we're not trying to gatekeep it but like it's a pay it's yeah. it's kind of meant for our patrons but it's kind of not we just you just don't get the t-shirt the virtual yeah. t-shirt uh that also doesn't exist <laughs> that also doesn't exist you know just uh just think will you record the promised neverland reaction as a video podcast um probably mm. not maybe we will in the future depends on i guess who kind of comes and shows Turn up. out yeah um, yeah, patreon.com slash tactical crouch or subscribing right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Speaking of subs, uh, we have resubs from Butter Emails, Quiznos, and Chris R34444, and Hoagies. Big thank you to all you for resubbing. And then Quiznos with the five gifted subs. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We love you. No new five-star iTunes reviews, but that's a great way to support and support for free. And um, that's it as far as us. Yiska, you've got a big thing going on, though, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be on uh, with Prey from the Washington Justice. We're going to talk about competitive integrity. I've already written an article about um, how I thought this season format has been the best uh, so far in terms of, like, the history of the Overwatch League. I think there will be interesting discussion around competitive integrity there because um, I think competitive integrity is a moving target and we need to adjust according to needs. So yeah, we will we'll talk through that. Um, also, I think like we also have some um, some data towards like what we currently anticipate to be the. Um, fairness of the schedule which surprisingly turned out to be pretty sweet so <clears throat> um that's an article I, I wrote for gg recon with eric uh otherwise yeah um i think that's about it in terms of content this week uh hope people enjoyed to see like the schedule breakdown to see like also tinker around a little bit with the uh, um, ELO ratings. It's quite interesting how how much impact just being a little bit better will have uh, over the season in terms of qualification, in terms of playoff uh, projection, in terms of um, bonus wins and whatnot. So check that out. Cool. Joe, what about you? Shoutouts for the week. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me wherever you <laughs> okay, want to find thanks. me, I guess. Um, one quick uh, asterisk I want to make in terms of like the primetime discussion. Um, I I do think that the league has hired intelligent people. I just think that the system puts them or kind of has painted them in a corner. I, I, I definitely think that they have intelligent people in the front office that have brains that can pick these matches. But 
it's it's more of the system getting in their way just to make that very clear um but in terms of things upcoming or that i've already done um just wrote something on the florida mayhem kind of painting their narrative for the season or at least the first tournament in the may melee kind of harkening back to their success last year and their uh assumed success this season or at least again at the may melee or at least what should be a success and kind of uh how much pressure is on teams that we don't give credit for that have that narrative that they should perform doesn't mean that they're not pressured just because they're good if that makes sense um and yeah uh valorant stuff incoming for any uh old heads out there that are interested and in, and in wondering what zumba's up to go check out gg recon find out so yeah that's pretty much it sweet also i think the the mayhem piece is also out Cool. Uh, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod. I've got um, one, maybe two videos coming up before the next uh, show uh, records. One is a GoXLR Mini Mic EQ thing, and then I'm doing a microphone review on the microphone that Yiska uses on the podcast. I had uh, a subscriber offer to send me one to review on my channel, so oh, uh, nice. I'm going to be reviewing that over the weekend, and hopefully I'll be able to get through it all and edit it. Uh so yeah, that's uh youtube.com slash kicked tripod yt if uh you want to hop on over there and lend me your subs. I'm at about five hundred and seventy subs already on that channel and trying really hard to sprint to a thousand. So I uh, appreciate everybody who's gone over and subbed. Uh I'll post the uh YouTube thing one more time. Boom. And cool. All right, chat, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for hanging out. We will see you next, or we'll see many of you on Friday. Otherwise, we'll see you next Wednesday for Tactical Crouch. <laughs>